Hey guys, you're listening to The Horror Show with Sean and Joe. This is Felissa Rose. Be afraid. Very afraid. And welcome to the horror show, the show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Guys, sorry for the delay. We had this giant snowstorm and it kind of screwed up our entire schedule. It did. It really it, pissed me off. Yeah, it really sucked. So we are going to, we'll have two episodes recorded this week. So now we are safe until. So, sooner than we think yeah next we'll week. turn around and we'll be like god <laughs> damn it yeah um but we are continuing on with the toby hooper uh serial killer special this is episode two uh called toby excess yeah with the 70s coming to a close america is now entering the 80s an era that would become infamous for its love affair with excess in just about every capacity that era didn't start that way, though, and neither does Toby Hooper's story. Actually, Hooper's arc in the 80s in many ways mirrors the landscape of American culture during this period. Toby will not only direct his biggest film to date, but he will follow it up with three movies in the span of two years. Sounds impressive, right? Well, this is where our story finally begins to take its turn. From the Horror Show and the Fangoria Podcast Network, this is Serial Killer. All right, everyone, welcome to The Horror Show, episode two, The Toby Excess. Excess. Now, this title <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I really like it because I really like that 30 for 30 documentary, The Pony Excess. And you see, that's a play on words of Pony Express. Dude, I just <laughs> I thought <laughs> I've seen that 30 for 30 twice and I still thought it was just called The Pony Express. No, it's the Pony Excess. That's wonderful. It's a genius name. Yeah. And I really like it. And then, um, so I called this the Toby Excess. Now it has lost all meaning <laughs> to a Pony Express. Well, the 80s were excess. Right. And Toby was probably doing a lot of things in, in excess, excess. For yeah. sure. And um, including, well, like, we have to save it. Oh, my God. There's so much <laughs> to talk about. And we're prepared for two episodes worth of Toby. So we have to pretend like... We've only watched the 80s. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, kind of. I guess not. What, what am I talking about? Anyway, <laughs> let's. Let's. 
we're, we're, wait, so we're not allowed to watch like past like certain decades. Stuck, we're stuck in our in our Toby Hooper bubble. We're stuck in the eighties. We have to pretend like we don't know where his career is taking. <laughs> It'd be so a big shock. Stupid. The big reveal at the end. Bad news. We're all, we're both devastated. <laughs> what? Like we're reading it as it's happening. It's so dumb. Uh, so let's review last week. We episode one. Um, the int- we basically are introduced to Toby Hooper. The world's introduced to Toby Hooper in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of the greatest. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is the best horror movie of all time. It's it's definitely one of them. It's the best horror movie. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to agree. You know who agrees either. with me? I found out. Who? Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> That made me feel validated, vindicated. I found an article from November 19th, 1974 from the San Francisco Chronicle, which I'm just going to paraphrase, but uh, there was a lot of people that were very upset because the taking of Pelham 123 was out in theaters and, Mm -hmm. you know, that was rated R and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was rated R (laughs) and people were very, very shocked when they would buy, you know, double features and sit through taking a Pelham and then see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, uh, like, the town was threatening lawsuits against the theaters that were showing them for mental and psychological damage. Well. They said people were vomiting, people were getting sick in the theaters. Come on. Yeah. Which is great because there's not even that much gore. Well, I mean, I guess there's a lot of violence, but not that much gore. No. Which is interesting. And by the way, I've seen interviews with Toby Hooper. We'll get into it. But he uh, he he really brags about how he didn't have to use gore in that movie, which is funny <laughs> because in two, somebody kicks a wall and just organs fall out. <laughs> A fucking wall. Organ spill. Uh, two is a piece of work. Two is a piece of work. And we'll get into that. Um, so, 70s end. He's just wrapped up. Uh, Salem's Lot. Big hit. TV movie, but a hit nonetheless. Yeah. Big budget. And he he makes this a little movie called Fun House. I had never seen Fun House before. I was very excited to see Funhouse. Uh-oh. Um, very, I, I hear I just heard so much about it. Um, I made the claim last episode that it was the uh, second best Toby Hooper film. Do you agree with it still? I do. You do not, I can tell. I don't know if I do or not. I mean, second best. Uh, I don't know. I guess if you don't include Salem's Lot. I really liked Salem's Lot. Yeah. The more I think about Salem's Lot, the more I liked it. But that's because I didn't just sit through three hours. <laughs> the three hours takes some time to rub off. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy Funhouse. I think it's a, a fun little movie. There's a lot of weird shit in Funhouse. So, hey guys, uh, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. If you hear a noise, my cat got spayed today, so she has a cone and she's bumping into walls and all that. So, yeah, there's gonna be a whole lot of noise because I I've switched to paper <laughs> partially. Usually my notes are on the computer, but I have a pad with me. I see me. that. Oh, but fun fact is it only holds half the notes <laughs> on every movie. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, God. This is going to suck. All right. <clears throat> so, Funhouse, 1981. Yes. Actor Kevin Conway is cited as saying Toby Hooper was a huge cokehead during the production of this film because he consumed... 12 cans of coke a day. (laughs) 
which honestly sounds a lot worse than doing cocaine. <laughs> that sounds so much worse for your health. I'm sure he's doing a lot of cocaine too. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> my understanding is he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, twelve cans of Coca Cola is disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Seven point eight million dollar budget, which is enormous, enormous. Like. Would you say this? They must have spent every fucking dime of that on the carnival rides. They had to. They had to. I mean. Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which to me is just like the sets in that are just out of this world because it's a canon movie. So, of course, they're in a cave because every canon movie is in a fucking like over-designed cave. I, I love canon. Not Cannon is diarrhea. <laughs> not like yeah, they're garbage. And watched, I love every second of it. Have you watched the documentary? Yet? No, I was it's actually after we uh, finished our Tobe uh, binge watching. I was going to watch the documentary. Oh my god, it is fantastic, and it answers a lot of questions about shitty movies that you've seen in your life because you're like, oh, that was canon. Like <laughs> Death Wish two or is it two or three, I forget, but it's it's one where. His girlfriend gets her leg broken and dies. <laughs> she was raped, which is terrible enough. But they break, like, <laughs> I don't know. This just drives me nuts. They raped her. And they break her leg. And the leg break kills her. <laughs> and to me, why wouldn't she just have them shoot her? <laughs> right. Or strangle her. Yeah. Right. Like, why write that into the script? Right. But, like, it's like, she broke her leg. It's like, oh, and then it's a hematoma. She's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. Why even do that? Right. Why even do that? And it is, it's like the worst death wish of all time. And I remember our friend Buzz Breadstick's dad, when we told him we were renting it, he was like, oh, it's like, why would you watch that? It's not even a real death wish movie. <laughs> and now knowing that it's canon, it makes all the sense in the world. Right. It's right. so ridiculous. Oh, and he also has a little old man making him bullets. Like, Hand handcrafting him bullets. <laughs> so, My parents' first date was uh, to see Death <laughs> Wish Three. <laughs> of course it was. Your dad probably loved it or hated it. No, he loved it. Okay, <laughs> he fucking loves Death Wish. Uh, so fun house. Seven point eight million dollar budget. Um, eight hundred fourteen theaters. It opens up and only earns. Two million dollars in the opening weekend, mm. seven million gross. It it makes its money back, but just barely. So it's a shame. It it is a shame. As you know, what I mean. Out of all the Toby Hooper movies, this probably deserved better. It did definitely. It definitely deserved better than it it's weird because the seventies and eighties are, are odd to me because it, more so back then, like you would think. A big name director, people would flock to it, and like, yeah, he, he has such buzz, and he just came off of all those things. But, but like, Texas Chainsaw was huge, and then Eaten Alive was not, and then Salem's Lot was a huge hit, and then it, like he's just so up and down. Yeah, it really is. But but to be fair, nothing bad. No, nothing bad. Yet. I mean, Eaten Alive is not great, but no, it's not great. It's fun. But I mean, you you're coming off the heels of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'm sure a lot of people called drivel and trash at the time, and right. You know, it works. Yeah. It works for the time. Yeah, no, no. Nothing nothing like you'll see later on. <laughs> Shortly. Very soon. Um, very, very soon. Um, last thing I'm going to say before we get into this little flick. Uh, Siskel Ebert's quote. 
<laughs> he uh Siskel Ebert had a guilty pleasure special in 1987 where they talked about their uh Siskel and Ebert talked about their favorite guilty pleasure films. Uh Cisco says my final guilty pleasure a film <laughs> a film I'm embarrassed almost to admit I like is a film that starts out like a mad slasher movie except it turns out to be a rubber knife. Little brothers having fun with his sister and I don't think I've knocked any other category of film more if this sounds disjointed it, it is um i don't think i've knocked any other category of film more often than slasher pictures but this movie the fun house gets beyond that very quickly <laughs> um so he loves it and hates it at the same time yeah and that scene he's discussing is... Um, I have a problem with that scene. I have a humongous problem with So, so <laughs> it starts off just like... how It's a huge homage to Halloween. You're yeah. Looking through the eyes of the little boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously in a mask, walking through the house. Then it pays homage to Psycho. Because yep. you see somebody in the Psycho. shower. And at this point, you don't know it's a little boy. You just think it's somebody yeah. that's stalking, right? And, uh, you know... The shower scene opens, you see a girl, you see her naked, and this is the part I have a problem with, because why the fuck would you want to see your sister that naked? She's stabbing her. She's so naked. (laughs) Her boobs are right in the face. Yeah, and he's, like, touching her. It's not... She's annoyed, but she's not that... And in the shower. And in the shower. Like, it's, you know, it's one thing to see her sibling naked. It's another thing to see him, like... Not even just see him in the shower, but like be like he's, he's touching. I'm her. looking at you. Like <laughs> <It's> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Fuck, it's so vile. Um, and this girl looks way too young to be naked. That was my <laughs> biggest problem. Honestly, I could not handle that. I was, I was, I, I found that very unsettling. She, she you know appeared what? to be 13. I want to find out how old she was. Um. I mean, I, I'm guessing legally she was 18, but well, and she know. couldn't be a day it older. It was the 80s. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they still kind of <laughs> protected children at that point. But she's super naked in that scene, um, and that is all just a like a it's like a cold open. And then it does it is it flash forward in time or like no. It just that no. Was it's, just, the, it's, the, it's the setup to that night because uh, she gets mad and she tells the boy he, he's she's not going to take him to the carnival. Yeah, and then yeah, and the, there's like a weird family dynamic here. Do we really want to get into this that much? No, I'd no. Rather, we, I'd rather dive into Texas Chainsaw too. I, yeah, in depth. Yeah. All right. So to me, oh boy, there was a lot of they did a lot of red herrings in this movie. She was and, 19, by the way. Oh, perfect. And none of them worked. You didn't think the red herrings worked? No. Like what? Like every old person that was just like, I like watching I, it. I, I don't know. I really like this movie. I was like, none of it. I like. I like that hag that's yelling, "God watching you." Oh, I liked her. I, it was just. I was just like, this is not. I know this is not going to pay off. I could already just tell. It's just too obvious. Like, it's just way too obvious. Hey, do you remember the show Lamb Chops? Yeah, all the props in like the boys' room were from from Lamb Chops because no. they're friends with that that girl that sings. The, the, what's the yeah, Sher- uh, no, I don't Sh- Sherry. Yeah, yeah, Sherry Lewis. Sherry Lewis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's wonderful. Um, virginity is a big topic in this. It kind of is what yeah. gets them into trouble. Um, one of the girls is a virgin. Yeah, of course. And 
Yeah. So she's planning on losing it to this 47 year old man that she's dating. <laughs> and that is another weird dynamic. <laughs> that whole dating situation is really fucking strange. I don't know who's friends with who or who knew who first. Um, yeah, the kids were, yeah. 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 Um, what, what about the, the carnival itself? Have you ever been to a carnival that has a strip club? Like, no. like, like a tent is just full of strippers? No. That's so, like... <laughs> did, those, did those exist? I, I think so, but, like, in Australia and in, like, the 1800s, <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time where that... <laughs> I, I just... There was a lot of ridiculous stuff in this. Um, and it was really... There was so much buildup. Where I was just like, well, who is it going to be? Like, can we just like move this along? And it, 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 it really just hung out there. Well, see, I like that aspect of it because, uh, like, like we said, we're not going to dive into it, but after the boys, uh, <laughs> peeping Tom with the sister, she says she's not going to bring him to the carnival. So the boy walks to the carnival and some guy, <laughs> some guy pulls up and points a gun in his face and the kid still walks to the carnival. And he's like, get my car. <laughs> And the kid runs away. Because <laughs> he asked him for a ride at the carnival. But the kid, dude, if someone did that to me, I'd go home so fast. Dude. Yeah. At the age of 30, I would do that, let alone a fucking eight-year-old. Yeah. So the kid is basically trying to spy on his sister, it appears. Like, he's, is that what he's trying to do? He's like, or No, he just really wanted to go. But um, uh, she said no. So he I think he's like, like following her around. Yeah. He's just an annoying little kid. Yeah. Well, the kids go and try and have sex in a ride. Which I think they accomplish. Um, and then they they witness a murder of a prostitute. By a guy in the silliest, almost oversized Frankenstein so mask silly. ever. So silly. The biggest Frankenstein gloves and the biggest Frankenstein mask. <laughs> the mask is so big. And walking around like just... Just like a super bizarre. Yeah, the first time you see him, he's so out of place. It's so, so weird. goofy. It's so weird. And... Uh, the prostitute, you know, c- continues to mention his 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 father, his father. Yeah. yeah, you're just like your father, and you're like, oh well, who is this father? So, right. um, and by the way, all these people we've seen as as red herrings, also <laughs> like they showed these people constantly. The prostitute, um, the Frankenstein guy was seen yeah. walking around. So the cow with the cleft, <laughs> the cleft. Oh god! Oh my god! The cow. Yeah, that was. That was the grossest part of the movie. That was. All the deformed animals. How about the cow with the second head? I don't think that was special effects. No, those totally weren't. Oh, my God. That the was... cleft palate and the two heads. And side note, freak shows are super mean. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> Every time I'm looking at them, like, I feel even, so bad. Even the animal them. ones, I was like, yeah. can you just <laughs> put these animals Quit down taking or advantage something? Of yeah. Um, and also, where does Toby Hooper find all these people? He fi- here's what I will give him credit for. He finds well up until later. He finds the best actors who are just the grossest looking people of all time, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they're nobodies, and they act their fucking balls off, or they're just acting like themselves. I don't know. The father. Uh, the father. He he was perfect. He was so good. Yeah, he's perfect. He was so fucking I mean, good. No clue who he is. Yeah. They're they're all they're all just amazing. Oh my god! And oh my god! And how? Okay, I had so many notes about certain things. The 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 strip club in the 
<laughs> in the carnival. What? <laughs> I just, I had a real problem with that. Okay, so first of all, not a fan of strip clubs in general. They're pretty bizarre. Okay. Sure. The concept is pretty out of control. Um, I can't imagine going into a sweaty, hot tent <laughs> packed to the gills. Like, dude, like th- this was like standing room only. There must have been 200 guys in this little tent. Yeah. And it was just three, wi- three women who looked older at best. Decent body. So yeah. just standing around shaking and every guy just screaming. Like, dude, if you were even there trying to enjoy this, you would have a guy spitting and smoking <laughs> behind you and breathing on you and spitting all over you. It was the most That's vile imagine thing. They're right next to like the animal tents. So just oh, stinks probably stinks like manure. <laughs> That's so true. Like literally adjacent to mutant animals. Yeah. Who are probably just trying to sleep and they have to listen to these guys be like, oh yeah, baby, take it off. Oh my God. And uh, so, yeah, so the kids witnessed this murder inside the tents. And I mean, where does it go from there? How do we sum this up? So they kind of get caught. They're chased around for a bit. By, well, they chase around because they stand up stealing the Frankenstein's oh. money because they find the safe and they want to get out of there. So they, there's money in it, so they take yeah. it. Frankenstein kills the the fortune teller lady prostitute. She's both. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> she, fortune she, teller and a prostitute. She doubles. Um, <laughs> but uh, he gets his father to come and help him clean up the mess, and then the father realizes the money's missing. And now the kids are on the lam trying to escape. Yeah, and one of them drops the lighter, and that's how they realize they're they're in the room. I had a really hard time figuring out just where exactly everybody was. Well, they're in the ceiling at some point. Yeah, that's that's where I was confused because at one point they're just in the ride. Yeah. And then somehow they're like in the same place. I thought it was the same place they were when it began, and I was like, Oh, this is weird. And then it, it wasn't though. They were in the ceiling because the dad's like, "Come down here!" Like, yeah, we'll take they, it they, easy on you. They make noise or drop something. There's some cool deaths though. Very cool deaths. And uh, when Frankenstein realizes that the money's missing, him bugging out and him taking off the mask is a fantastic scene. Yes. What the creature's face? I was a little disappointed in. Oh, I loved it. I wasn't even expecting it, and I'd seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just a little disappointing to me. I, I mean, it was a great mask. I don't know. I just, I guess I wanted more of a freak because that was like a straight monster. There was, <laughs> I wanted more of a, like a, I don't know, what tortured he, soul. What is he, I'm thinking of something that I'd seen recently. I think I watched it with you or we talked about it. He honestly looked like Predator more than <laughs> no. anything else. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of it. But there's some decent death scenes. Um, I, I love that for a while in this movie, some guy with a fucking cleaver in his head is just <laughs> riding around in the ride dead. And, like, he just comes back every once in a while. Like, the ride will just fly by him and they'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. There goes Fred. He's fucking dead in this. Dude, the funhouse itself was awesome. Like, the set design very was cool, awesome. Very cool. Very cool setting. Um but overall, just not a great. I don't know. Just didn't do it for me. Um, the final, the final scenes in it. I'm trying to think about now. Okay, so she, she's the lone survivor, right? 
Yeah. And they're basically within the gears of the fun house, like in the back, like everything's moving and she's going up against this, this monster who could easily kill her. And, but how does she escape that? Do you remember? Oh yeah. How did I forget this? He gets electrocuted. They're, they're, oh my gosh. Oh my God. Um, um, this is this is really dumb ending. Um, so Gunther is the name of the monster, by the way. Uh, nice. Gunther and the lead are in the Funhouse's maintenance area. Gunther gets electrocuted. I forget how, but then he gets stuck in between those two gears. Like, right, right, right. Like, oh, and he's on the he's on a like he's like he's like dead on a hook, but he's still alive. Yeah, it's like somehow. die hard. Yeah, he's still alive. And then uh, he finally gets electrocuted, and then gets crushed in between the gear. And Amy leaves the funhouse just, however, and her family's all outside just yeah, waiting for her. No, no. They came to pick up the brother. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So. Underwhelming. Uh, I, I really liked it. And I think it had some uh, some good scares, too. Like when the skeleton pops up. The skeleton pops There's up? There's a skeleton when uh, all the shit starts hitting the fan with the, oh, with the kids. Oh, and yeah. it hangs yeah, one yeah. of the kids. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, scared the balls out of me. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, again, not his nowhere close to his worst. Not even remotely <laughs> no, close no. to his worst. Um, so he makes Funhouse eighty one. Did you know he shot it in Miami because the uh, child labor laws were, were the most relaxed in the U.S. No, I did not. <laughs> but I also heard that he did that because that's where all the carnies went on their off season. Carnies have an off season. I guess the winter, I guess. And they, they all lived down there. So he was able to like hustle them and get them for cheap, but not that cheap. Cause it costs them $40 million. <laughs> Fucking so expensive. Uh, is that more than poltergeist budget? Oh, it's pretty close, but $3 million shy of poltergeist budget. Really? Yeah. Dude. Well, yeah. That. Oh yeah. I will. We're going to get into that right now. All right. 81 wraps up. He's done with fun house. And he gets, I, what would you call it? It's like the break of the century. I don't even know if you call it a break because at this point he's pretty well deserving of a shot yeah. to, make, to make something big right? Um, to a wide audience. And uh, I think he wanted to always make something for, I mean, if he wanted Texas Chainsaw to be PG. <laughs> I still think that's so fucking funny. Uh, I'm, I think if he wanted it to be PG. He was trying to get an audience in front of his movies. So he gets the opportunity to do that. Yeah. With Poltergeist. Written by Steven Spielberg. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there was a big controversy, which I'm not going to lie. I didn't know about this controversy yeah. until we started looking. About, I mean, I guess it's common knowledge to a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah. I, did, I did not know that. Yeah, it was something I had read recently, but prior to these episodes. Um, really interesting. Really, really interesting. And what makes it beyond, like, beyond interesting to me is that everyone has a different opinion on it. And you can't tell who's just... Yeah, Hollywood's such a sensitive place. You don't want to go around bashing anybody. 
You really don't. I mean, it's not good form. I mean, because I, I probably because everyone makes duds. So like, why shit on somebody for fucking something up? Right. When you know you you have or everyone's done it. So I think that's that's that. But then when you get some really candid comments, they are. They are very candid. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the casting director said when asked, he said, did Toby direct this film? He said, not that I saw. The producer says, it depends on your definition of direction. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Beth Williams, the actress of Pulchie Guy, says it was a collaboration with Steven having the final say. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people are saying he and – he, and Toby's pretty mum about it. He, um, never, he never comes out and is like, fuck you guys. I directed the shit out of this. You know, I have some quotes from him um, that are pretty interesting. So – I mean, I think the biggest the biggest quote that is really reflective of this is from Spielberg himself. And he says, Toby isn't, and he hesitates, a take charge sort of guy. If a question was asked and an answer wasn't immediately forthcoming, I'd jump in and say what we could do. Toby would nod it in agreement. And that became the process of collaboration. Yeah. That's from Spielberg himself. So right there, it's just the undertone of like, Spielberg was just standing next to him answering the questions. Yeah, and there's some scenes where you see Spielberg's hands in the shot in the yeah. movie. So, like, why, why would you like, – yeah. he's clearly directing it. And Spielberg even took out a full-page ad in Variety just to say, Toby Hooper directed this movie <laughs> and I loved what he did with it. Yeah. Which is the most bizarre thing when does that ever happen? It doesn't. No. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, but the thing is, I don't understand, like, why any of this happened. Why didn't he, why didn't Spielberg just direct it himself? I think, you know, well, I brought it up last time was, I know that it was either pre or post production of E.T. at the right. time. They both came out the same year. Yeah. And so I think he thought he was going to be tied up with it. And then it ended up being, he didn't need to be there that much. But it's just so odd. Like, why? Then why does oh, yeah. anyone need to talk about Toby not being the director? Or why wouldn't you have just waited to make Poltergeist? Yeah, it's just, it's just very bizarre to me. It's really weird. And um, there's a great quote from Toby too, which um, which which I found pretty interesting. Um, he's Toby Hooper says, "I don't understand why any of these questions have to be raised. I always saw this film as a collaborative situation between my producer, my writer, and myself." Two of those people were Steven Spielberg, but I directed the film and I did fully half. Oh, and I did fully half of the storyboards. I'm quite proud of what I did. I can't understand why I'm being slighted. I love the changes that were made from my cut. I worked for a very good producer who is also a great showman. I felt that was a plus because Steven and I think in terms of the same visual style. You don't, but that's <laughs> well, fine. Okay. So I don't mean to slight him either, mm-hmm. but visual style. If you look at Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> if you look at um, the Funhouse, Eaten Alive, they all have the same type of direction. They mm-hmm. all have the same type of colors used. They all yep. have the same like set design. I agree. Like, and then you look at Poltergeist, and it looks like E.T. Yeah, it looks exactly yeah. like E.T. looks exactly It's like a fucking it. Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, it, it truly is. And although, you know what? You, when you bring up Toby's points, it kind of makes sense. Like, this dude wrote and is a producer on it. And sometimes producers have more involvement than they should because usually they're not in a position to make good choices. Right. Like they're not that they're not that type of person. But in this situation, he's also like one of the best directors of all time. So you know what I mean? Like right. getting his help. Why? Why not? 
No, I'm with you. It's it's just a weird situation, but it's funny how how mad people are. Um, Craig T. Nelson actually defends him and says he's great. Um, Frank Marshall kind of gives a <laughs> yeah, 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 a, a, a rough, a rough. Uh, he without saying too much, he he basically says. Well, he said he, he says straight up in quotes. The creative force of this movie was Steven. Toby was the director. It was on set. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> it's yeah. that glowing endorsement. Now, my favorite one is Zelda Rubenstein. Oh, yeah. Fuck Zelda. Rubenstein. Did you see her quote? Yeah, I did. Shits all over Toby. Like, Accuses him of being a drug addict. Ridiculous, ridiculous. She says, "I can tell you that Steven directed all. I can tell you that Steven directed all six days I was there." I only worked six days on the film, and Steven was there. Toby set up the shots, and Steven made the adjustments. You're not going to hear that from Toby Hooper. You'll hear it from Zelda, which don't call yourself like no. Because that was my honest-to-God experience. I'm not a fan of Toby Hooper, which kind of makes me null and void this conversation. Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan of her, because the scene that she was in lasted so fucking long and pissed oh me off God. so hard. Um and yeah, and Zelda basically says that he was abusing substances, which I mean isn't false because he entered rehab like immediately yeah. after the movie. But why is she? Why is why she gonna putting him on blast? Yeah. Um, now, do we want to talk about Poltergeist, or are we going to lose all of our fans? <laughs> I I don't like it. It is not very good. I don't like it at all. But I have a theory about it. Okay. Okay, because obviously there's a huge amount of people that love this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame them. It's fine. Whatever. I've but seen way worse. I'm Toby Hoover. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I, I get it. I get it. It's a kind of like a classic thing. But I feel like if you if you'd already been introduced to horror movies prior to, and you kind of had this like acquired taste already, and then you saw Poltergeist, you were like, the fuck is this? Because it is. It's E.T., but, like, just ghosts. Yeah. Instead, kind of. You know what I mean? It's just very in that vein, and it's corny. I I find it very corny. It's super corny and cheesy special effects. The first 30 minutes are like a slapstick comedy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And it's insanely boring. It <laughs> The pace of that movie fucking it's crawls. Brutal. It's brutal. And you think it's about to end, and then it goes on for another 45 minutes. Yeah. I know. Like, get out of the house, and then there's still shit happening? Yeah. Why? It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, but, but the first 30 minutes, it starts off with some guy riding a bike and just crashing and hurting his nuts. And then, like. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. And a dog burial. Yeah. And the neighbors just. Or not dog. It was a. Was it a pet? No, because the dog is digging up. It was like a gerbil or something. Something like that. But then the neighbors are just, they're having a war with their TV remotes, just turning the Mr. Rogers in a football game. It's like the zaniest like neighborhood. Five minutes. It was the zaniest neighborhood of all time. <laughs> Guys just getting their nuts crunched on the street. And oh my God. Wait, was, was it a canary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just corny as hell. Corny as hell. And the, and the scene where the parents are smoking in the bedroom honestly felt like a 45 minute scene. <laughs> And nothing was accomplished in it. I had no idea what the fuck they were talking Listen, about. One of the few pros I'll give it is Craig T. Nelson does a, night, a fine job acting. He seems like a fine actor. But every I, every scene that they're in, every dialogue, like I don't care. I don't. I don't care at all. They're talking about like swimming and diving. 
I <laughs> Dude, like, am I supposed to connect to these people? I don't like, know. our fans weird. are probably going to be real mad. Oh, they're but... going to be so mad. Although, I did laugh at the scene where he's standing in the it was three seconds. He stands in the mirror and he's like, before and after. He sucks in his gut, <laughs> expands it. And I only laughed so hard because his gut got so huge. <laughs> he was not coach at this point. Yeah, but it's such a stupid scene. Also, the poltergeist sucks. It's the least scary yeah. poltergeist of all time. Stacking chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning mouse. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the stairs are the, the chair. Yeah, yeah. He's cleaning the house. The house. <laughs> but he's uh, not even doing it in a spooky way. Nah. Like they turn around, there's just chairs stacked. I'd be mildly like annoyed. Yeah, I also hate the little girl's voice. <sighs> oh, and that kid, I can't stand. I think either. the first time you hear a voice through the TV, it's kind of. Effective, but then it loses its charm. I mean, I'm, I'm going, I'm going overboard because I always do, but it's, <laughs> it's not terrible. It's just, it's just not, I don't know. I have it's a big problem case. with the neighbor being in their window eating their food and the lady not, not being upset about it. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> scenes like that. That's just, and I do not like the effects as they're, um, which people love. People herald the special effects in this, and I can't figure that out. Yeah. I mean, some people are saying that they're good for the time, but there's movies that had better effects at that time. Oh, but yeah. I mean, the budget, I guess, wasn't, wasn't huge. $10 million, but... Which, that should be a lot. That a long should time be a lot ago. back then, yeah. Because that tornado is the shittiest tornado Oh, my ever. God. I feel like The Wizard of Oz had a better tornado. It's such garbage. It's such garbage. And remember... Oh, Shit. Oh my god. I had a really awesome point to make. I totally forgot what it was. Oh no. Oh god. Terrible. Oh, what was it? Damn it. This cat is killing itself. Um I don't know. But yeah, special effects not that great. Um yeah. yikes. And all the spooks, like floating toys. A tree with big hands. It was just <laughs> the tree batting the window, just oh god. But yeah, I think if you saw that as a kid before you got into horror movies or it was like your initial movie getting into horror movies, I think you liked it more. Yeah, and that's fine because it is a horror movie for kids. It is. And it's a gateway. And I, I'm totally, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm totally okay with oh. defending a movie that I saw as a kid that sucks. But yes. I just loved it as a kid. Yes, them. <laughs> the giant ants? The giant ants. Yeah. Or It's Alive. With the stupid babies. Fuck, I love that movie. That movie is so good. We need to do that movie. That was a Monster Vision classic. And when three I saw of them, it on I there, think. Yeah, there are. Uh, we should probably do two, Island of the Alive, because somehow yep. they put all the babies on the Yep. I, I'm 100%. We should just do a Larry Cohen, because uh, he's the guy that directed at least the first one. But he did Q, the Winged Serpent, and he did uh, Stuff. Oh, did he? Yeah. Wow, he's a... A bad director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we got to do that. So that's Poltergeist, and but big hit for Toby. Huge hit. Toby. They make uh, they make their money back uh, ten times over, making a hundred and twenty one million dollars at the box office. Fucking insane. Yeah. And regardless of what they said at the time, you just made a hit. So, and you have. Steven Spielberg as a friend. You think people would want this guy so attached to everything. This is why it gets really bizarre because yeah. this seems like the biggest movie of his career 
is what ruined him because from right here is that's that's it. It is a downfall here. He he goes on to sign a three film deal with Canon. Well, before he signed with Canon, he was going to make a direct sequel to Night of the Living Dead for four million dollar budget. But you just came off Poltergeist. Like, why aren't people throwing money at him and being like, "It's really you weird." Just had a huge summer hit or whatever. It came you made out, ten times hit. your amount back. Yeah. Why would he have done that? I don't know, and I don't know like what the rumors about him not directing it was. Was that re- like did I that mean, happen immediate? Like was that's he getting what I'm curious. I mean, or something? He. I mean, if Spielberg put the ad in Variety, it had to have happened right then. I don't know. I don't know. It's sad though. It's a weird situation. I don't even know if it's sad. It's just really weird. It's just odd. Yeah. It's just really bizarre. Cause I mean, look at the movies that get made now. If you like, if you make the biggest pile of shit work, you're going to get a huge. Yeah. If movie you turn after. a profit, you're making yeah, whatever it doesn't you want. Matter make. whether it's. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's really strange. But Toby appears to get blackballed at this point, and um. Or maybe not. I mean, maybe it doesn't appear that way at first, but I guess in hindsight, maybe. Because he signs this deal with Canon. Three pictures. He will make... One of them was supposed to be a Spider-Man film. Which, can you fucking imagine? I need to see a Toby Hooper Spider-Man film. So badly. It would just be... <laughs> like a modern day one. <laughs> it would just be so weird. It would just be fucking terrible. Um, so he goes on to make Life Force. Invaders from Invaders Mars. Invaders from Mars. Which is a children's movie. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. 2. Um, Life Force, I did not watch. I listened to the How Did This Get Made on it and decided, you know what? I could pass on this. I watched it. Vampires. Uh, space, vampires space Vampires from Haley's Comet. Yes. Uh, you they think? suck the life force out of you. <laughs> well, you I don't know what I think, man. I, I didn't hate myself while watching it. You so know, it wasn't like miserable. That seemed like the consensus of the movie, which... I mean, how did this get made? Made it seem like it was I, my, unwatchable. My opinion for that movie and Invaders from Mars are that they're perfectly watchable. Yeah, and I, I don't really understand what was happening. There's but, a lot of people that that uh, like Life Force. They, I, they're not saying it's a good movie by any means, but they're like it's no, it's but, ridiculous, but it's good. So we talked about how Poltergeist didn't look like a Toby Hooper film, yeah. but Life Force totally looks like it. Like the way that's yeah. shot and the way that the colors are used and everything, mm-hmm. like it's looks like it and it moves along so much faster than Poltergeist yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, and it has Patrick Stewart who vomits blood, which, <laughs> which turns into a person. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Lots of nudity too, which so starts much becoming nudity. Toby's um calling card. Yeah, I read something where he was like demanding that this girl shaved. <laughs> Oh nether regions before every shoot <laughs> nether regions <laughs> um and then he makes invaders from mars which is a remake of a 1950s 50 movie? something yeah yeah and he, he i saw an interview with him he's like i wanted to pay homage to that movie and i was like well you just remade it so yeah <laughs> i guess that's paying homage like <laughs> paying homage is like i'm gonna make a sci-fi movie and Right. Use, Use some scenes. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's paying homage. Um the credits to this movie were the most insane longest scene in movie history. Oh, I agree. It was the slowest thing. There's these big sweeping letters that come up into the screen and it says Invaders from Mars. And you're like, okay. And literally it takes so long for the text to get to the front of the screen and then it just sits there. Yeah. 
for a few seconds. And they do this for every <laughs> single person's name. And it just, it took forever. Forever. Again, I thought it was a better children's movie than Poltergeist was. And it's I about, watch yeah, it. it's about these aliens that come to Earth and they are stealing copper because, um, I guess they're bubbles from the wire. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> copper? Like, only crackheads steal copper. What the fuck? <laughs> Come to Earth to steal copper. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I mean, I don't know if that was a thing in the eighties, though. Well, the, this movie was the screenplay was written by Dan O'Bannon from Alien. Oh, Stan Winston. I didn't know Stan Winston did the visual effects. Yeah. Um, the cheese factor though is out of sight, but this is this is body snatchers for. But that's why I kids. liked it because it reminded me of a fifty. I mean, it was a remake of one, but a fifties B movie. That's the best part of this. Yeah. But I think I'd rather just watch the 50s B movie. Because I, I have an affinity to them. I just sure. enjoy them. I think I would too. But um, this was perfectly suitable. Yeah. So basically, these aliens land. They start infecting um, with a shot to the neck. Um, they start infecting these people and basically taking over their bodies. And of course, first his parents go... They get infected and they start acting super weird, eating raw meat yeah. and just pouring salt all over it. That was one of the most vile things. <laughs> and also, these are aliens that flew Lord knows how far away in alien spacecrafts to come mine copper on planet Earth. And they can't figure out how to just act like a human being. Yeah. They're just super confused about that. They're just like, oh, shit. We have all this intelligence that they have all this copper, but... By the way, what do, you, what do you think they'd do when they saw pennies? Where they're like, holy shit. They steal everyone's pennies. <laughs> Going around grabbing piggy banks. Oh, man. The special effects in the final scene. The aliens themselves you don't really see until the very end. Yeah. And, of course, there's a cave because it's a canon film. So there's got to be a cave. <laughs> canon loves caves. They do so much. Like weird, creepy caves with weird aesthetics. The monster aliens in this were the most disgusting things i've ever seen in my life a stan they were great though yeah they were fucking great the little brain <laughs> little, little krang oh man it, it is it's krang right yeah. it's krang and then there's these dog aliens which are just mouths <laughs> mouths with four legs it, it, it is absolutely fucking disturbing the worst part about this though is the end and <laughs> You have this huge battle. Uh, the military goes into the cave. They start shooting everything up. Ultimately, human race wins. Aliens are done. They blow them up. That's a wrap. Human And all the humans that were infected are now free. Yeah. They're all free. Uh, and then <laughs> the kid wakes up. And it was all a dream. I did not like it either. <sighs> Fuck. It's frustrating. But wait, it gets so much fucking worse. So the kid wakes up, it's a dream, and then we the parents are like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, oh, I just had this fucking terrible nightmare. I'm like, oh, here's the swerve. They're still aliens. Yeah. Nope, they're totally not. And they are just humans. And they're like, oh, let's drink it and have hot chocolate. And you could tell us the entire story of your dream, which they like do that weird fade like he's been talking for over an hour Yeah, in the middle of the night. I know. And the parents are like, wow, Billy, that was a crazy dream. I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Go back to fucking, <laughs> fucking bed. bed. Yeah. All right. Why rehash this nightmare? Um, 
The parents go to bed. Billy goes to bed. And then the fucking aliens come down again. It's literally the beginning of the movie again. I was so fucking angry. And, and he runs to his parents' room to tell them that the aliens are here. And he just lets out this blood-curdling scream. We don't know what he sees, but we imagine they're aliens again. Again, or something. Yeah. And that's the wrap. That's the end of the movie. So it was it was a frustrating it, ending. It was so obnoxious. It was so obnoxious. I wanted to punch Toby Hooper in the face <laughs> so bad. But I didn't hate the movie. No, it's it's not bad. Like you said, it's just a 50s movie. I think I'd rather just watch the 50s movie though. Fair enough. So, 1986 Invaders from Mars. That was that. Follow up to Life Force. This is where he makes three movies in the span of 2 years. Which to his credit like they're not great movies, but they're not total dog shit. No. Which, how did he do that? Well, cocaine. <laughs> it's the it's the eighties, and that's slander. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. That's allegedly. It's not even allegedly. I'm just saying. I'm making a joke. God damn it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he makes three movies. We're, which we're really gonna lose Toby as a listener. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh. But it just sums up the 80s to me, like, especially this mid-80s. Like, this dude makes three movies in two years. That's just the epitome of the 80s. And they're these, yeah. like, larger-than-life, yeah. fucking ridiculous fucking movies. <laughs> like, and the true epitome of excess is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, <laughs> a sequel to one of the most brilliant movies of all time. And and beautiful movies in a way, like just well shot, yeah. simple, very very simple, to to a fault, simple. Agreed. And they take this st- story and just shit on it, just shit all over it, just like diarrhea all over. Like Leatherface <laughs> oh, and crazy. his family in the first one have this like mysterious mythos about yeah. them. They're like, who are these people? Why are they like this? Yeah. And he gives you why they're like this in this movie. And you're like, stop. I don't want to see this anymore. I don't want to know anything about this anymore. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it, the, the craziest thing about this is you, there's such a, there's such a backlash whenever a movie is remade or whenever there's a fucking sequel to something people love, it's immediately shit on. Somehow, somehow, people love this sequel. That, but it wasn't at first, though. No, it's no, you're g- right. Gathered you're right. It, it's gathered, but I mean, it is absurd. This is what people's nightmare is when you hear like, "Oh, they're making a sequel to The Godfather." This is this is what people are afraid of. <laughs> this is what people are terrified of, and. To my knowledge, it's only happened this time. <laughs> like, I can't really think of a sequel that is this, this different than the original. That just takes the original and is just like. That's a good question. I'm trying to think. Yeah. That is just like, fuck it. Blow it up. Yeah. Like, that's what they do. Oh, yeah. 100%. This movie is excess on excess. And what you're saying about having a big following, I was reading many, many people's reviews who were calling it their favorite horror movie of all time. That's stupid. Of all time. (laughs) Not the first one. This one's your favorite movie of all time. 
You know what? I have a question for you. Do you know what the story in this is? Like, that was a cat's head banging <laughs> against the ground, by the way, folks. But do you know what the story is on this? Like, could you tell me why people are doing things in this? Nope. Uh, Dennis Hopper is trying to solve the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 12 years before. But, like, that is almost the smallest part of this story. But but the only linear thing, right? Like, there's our story is um, a DJ. I mean, that is the story. Yeah, but he's like barely in the movie. But he's barely in the movie, right? That's what I'm saying. It, the the story the story is Dennis Hopper is trying to figure out. Yeah, the real massacre is Dennis Hopper's right. chainsaw skills. Oh my god! Oh no, the real massacre is the opening intro that tried to mimic the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and which the boy is driving. Um, no, 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 no. The text, the text. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see my notes on this because I, I just want to. See, I like that part though because it was like the same. And you're like, okay, this. Might oh be- no, no, no. Okay, yeah. All right, here's my notes. Okay, sorry. Um, so we get the scrolling text, very similar to the first. So it's, which by the way, this is so different than the first. Why even do that? Like, why, why even do this? Um, except this scrolling text. It's like a novel. <laughs> the first one was a very quick synopsis. And it's like basically like, by the way, this is a true story. It's fucked up. That's yeah. it. This is like a fucking novel. And it's just talking nonstop. It's just like <laughs> it's telling this backstory about. Um, and that mumblecore voice. Oh, yeah. and that Which is a, like a, a bad ripoff of the first one. And they're talking about uh, what's what's the main girl's name in the first one? Sarah? Sarah? No. Su- nah. Su- Susie, Sarah, <laughs> we're fucking terrible. Um, anyway, blank. so they tell her whole backstory. Franklin and <laughs> Franklin and Susan, Susan. I don't know. Anyway, roll with it. Yeah. Anyway, but they're telling her entire backstory after what happened, and they're like, "Oh, she went catatonic and stopped talking, and now they can't figure out where they live, but things keep happening, and it's just." Long story, but even worse is there's phrases like, uh, her brother and her friends were hecked up for barbecue. Well, how'd you know if you never found the fucking crime scene? <laughs> yeah. All you Fair found point. was the girl. <sighs> Why wouldn't a- you find the crime scene? It was at their fucking house. Why would they move? Did they explain it in this one? Why they didn't did they move? find her far away. A guy picks her up at the end. That guy could have been like, oh, yeah, I found her right here. It was Sally. By the Sally. Way. Sally. Um, they find her in the – the guy finds her in the street. She jumps in the back of the truck. They drive away. That guy was not – the guy just had no idea where he was <laughs> driving around. <Yeah. laughs> Please, where'd you find her? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to pick this apart because it's obviously they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> obviously, they did not give a fuck. Um, but it didn't belong in this movie that's scrolling other than to say like, hey, remember the first one? This is a sequel to that. It might not seem that way, <laughs> but this is a sequel to that. That's that's the only reason it's, it's there. Um, but yeah, so this story is Dennis Hopper. He's a 
officer, police officer, sheriff type thing. And he wants to figure out these crimes. Um, basically, he's claiming the government is kind of pushing these aside, trying to cover it up because yeah. they're too afraid of the world to know. And Dennis Hopper's going to figure it out. Um, and you don't really see Dennis Hopper that often. <laughs> no, you don't. And when you do, he's just hacking the shit out of wood with a chainsaw. Yeah, that He's happens. using the chainsaw so, I, I don't even know, so wrong. You know what? He's like punching wood with a oh, chainsaw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And what was also great was, you know, when you, like, they call them, like, tire kickers when you go to buy a car. Like, your dad, like, kicks the tires as if he can figure out, like. Yeah. Or you, like, touch the car, like, as if you're going to figure something out. Right. About that. That's what he's doing with chainsaws. That's what he's doing with chainsaws. He's just picking them up and, like, kind of, like, he's shaking Using them. two hands. <laughs> And, and a he, chainsaw on each hand. And he turns them both on, and he just he, yeah. But the way he's using it, I don't know if Dennis Hopper's ever used a chainsaw. No, before. I don't think so. I, I mean, he's been so. acting for a long time, so I don't think he's ever had to do like no. any physical work because he's just like bouncing the the blade. <laughs> it's so dangerous to do that. Oh, it's the so dangerous. Snap off. It's so dangerous. And even better is the owner of the store being like, Woo-hoo! he's laughing so hard. I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, sir, you need to fucking... You're buying both of these. Yeah, yeah, fuck off I'm, my not, I'm not taking these back. Um, but don't worry, yeah, Dennis then, Hopper does buy them. I mean, I'm going to jump around here because this movie is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Dennis Hopper buys those. You don't see him for like 45 minutes. Yes. And all of a sudden, he's at Leatherface's house. Everyone and is. And he's just cutting down the supporting beams that aren't supporting anything. Dude. And like just fucking ruining everything. <laughs> Dude, I was so confused. And I think he's trying to sneak up on them, but he has a fucking chainsaw, <laughs> which makes a lot of noise, and he's chopping down their house. So much noise. They're so fucking loud. So, uh, my, uh, boy. So, the scene at the beginning, we're introduced to um, our lead female, who I can't think of her name either. <laughs> Guys, I'm so fucking tired. Um, it's some dumb name. Lefty? Lefty? Is yeah, that her name? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, so she is a radio host, and she gets a call in from the two most obnoxious human beings on Fuck Earth. Fuck these kids, dude! I wanted them dead so bad. Like they're shooting guns, they're shooting guns out of the window, open. driving on the wrong side of the road, towards other chicken, cars. yeah, running people off the road. Um, but they're confronted by well, a Dennis truck. Hopper's lefty. Oh, so what's her name? Stretch. Stretch. Yeah. Hey, Stretch! <laughs> oh my God, these kids were the fucking shits. And they, they're calling into this radio station harassing Stretch. Stretch and Lefty. What the fuck, Toby <laughs> Hooper? What are you doing? What are you doing? You start with this movie that the quality is how simple it is and so realistic and Sally and Franklin and these basic names. And now we've got yeah, Stretch. Yeah, and they just on like a lefty. nice. They're like. The first one starts off with just kids on like a nice road trip, you know, like normal people. And then this one just has kids driving like maniacs shooting guns into the oh, open. Oh, and, and nothing is subtle about this movie. There's nothing subtle. <laughs> These kids are driving like assholes, calling into the radio station. Um, they call in again, but while they're calling in, they're confronted by this car who's blocking the road on a bridge. And they're saying, get the fuck out of the way. They start driving. The truck starts driving in reverse parallel to them. 
and somebody is on the top of the truck and it's just like a corpse holding a chainsaw. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's a corpse. Except the corpse is very clearly attached to a sheet yeah. with somebody under it. And you're just like, well, it's a leather face. <laughs> but why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? And sure enough, the, the sheet the eventually one. falls off. I think they like shoot, no, they the shoot sheet it. Off. Which I'll give Toby credit because that the way that it looked when they shot the face and then you just see leather faces you, was kind of cool. Kind of cool, but just make literally made no sense. Well, why did? Why wouldn't you just have Leatherface pop? He's up? terrifying. <laughs> why is Leatherface wearing, wearing a dead skin like, mask? Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface is the scariest thing to see. He's one of the most terrifying villains of all time, and he's hiding behind a sheet with like a shitty. It's less scary that he's playing with a corpse first, like yeah, like hiding. Well, I mean, first of all, if you're a kid and you see that, you're thinking it's obviously just a decoration. If you're seeing a movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, you know that Leatherface is probably going to be in it. Yeah, and probably the guy holding a chainsaw (laughs) on the back of a truck. I mean, like, that's what is happening? What the fuck is happening? And uh, they kill these kids brutally with a chainsaw. They're just. Well, he, he fucking cuts the car. Yeah. For like five minutes. <laughs> he cuts <sighs> the door off. There's just so many problems with it. Like, again, the Remember beauty we're going to make that book of like. Horror? Oh, yeah. Questions. Can, can, Unanswered can questions. You cut, uh, <laughs> can you destroy a car? Like, literally just with destroy a chainsaw? A car. No. I don't think that no. you just spark it would take a lot of noise. It would take so long. It was, <laughs> even if it did work, it would take so long and so many blades. But that, that's, that's the thing that <laughs> Leatherface has clearly been using a chainsaw for a very long time. Oh, yeah. In this movie, he appears to have no clue what he's fucking doing because there's a scene later on when he's in the, uh, the, the radio hall, whatever oh you call God. it. He's just fucking trying to cut down a steel door, which is like a foot thick. It's so he's weird. trying it for yeah, like ten minutes. He does not know the boundaries. And he finally busts in through like the wood. You know, I mean, you could say he's like inbred and doesn't understand, but he, I mean, you gotta. He's been using a chainsaw for years, Sean. <laughs> he he did it fine the first movie, no problem. And one of our fans made a great point. And he's about to kill. He's about to kill the girl, and he's just cutting. Coca-Cola cans and ice, <laughs> and ice cubes. What are you doing, Leatherface? The first movie, he he didn't hesitate at all. No. This one, he's just... He's just hitting people in the head with hammers. He's and getting just, the job done. Yeah. He's like, one, oh, bong. This one, he's sticking his chainsaw into yeah. a vat of ice cubes. Yeah. And one of our fans made a great point that the original is very much a, almost like a home invasion movie. These kids are in his house, and that's why he's reacting. And this one, they're just out. Yeah. Leatherface is just out driving around huge trucks with his buddy or his brother or whatever. Chop Top. And why is Chop Top there? Chop Top's the fucking worst. Chop Top fucking sucks. I'm sorry, Bill Mosley. Chop Top. Listen. Wait, wait, in another movie, you throw Chop Top in another movie that's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and I'm cool with it. I'm not. <laughs> Chop Top fucking sucks. Wait, I, you mean you don't like a Vietnam vet that is also maybe dead? I don't. I fucking hate him. So when you first see Chop Top, so we're jumping all around, but I don't care. Oh my god! Well, let me just say, let's just before we get to Chop Top, I'll just say one thing. And we'll go straight to him, just to move it along the story along. So Spaz or Lefty or whatever they're stretch. fucking stretch. Here's this murder over the radio. Everyone hears it. Um. That's how she gets involved with Lefty. Lefty wants her help in figuring out who and why this has happened. 
Uh, we're also introduced to this guy, and this is where I mean it's not subtle, um, the chili king of Dallas who <laughs> is making chili and uh, he wins this chili contest and says, the secret's in the meat. Don't skip on the meat. I've got a great eye for meat. Runs in the family. This town loves prime meat. Okay. I think we got it. <laughs> I think we figured it out. If this was supposed to be like, if the reveal was supposed to be that we're eating humans, it's the shittiest reveal of all time. That guy just gave it away yeah. in three seconds. And it's the cook from the first one. Yes. You know this. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. His name is the fucking cook. <laughs> so, he, uh, so now we, we're introduced to him. We know he's involved in it. Um, and Lefty gets stretched to play the audio again because they think if they play the audio of the incident, these guys will come out and that'll give Dennis Hopper the opportunity to uh, catch him and put an end to all of this. And it kind of works in a way. Um, they hear it. And they come. Dad gets pissed and they show up at the radio station. Yeah. It's Chop Top specifically. And in Chop Top's the, f- sm- the only time I'll defend Chop Top is the first time you see him, like the mood's different and he's talking slow yeah. and he's kind of creepy and he's picking at his head and he's eating it yeah. and Ugh. like he's talking calmly. And you're like, okay, you know what? This might be a little creepy. And then Leatherface comes out. It's, it's a legit jump scare. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you're like, all right, this is, this is kind of getting sweet here. Yeah. yeah. And then he just turns into the biggest chop top, turns into the most. I said in my letterbox, it's like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. Oh, God. Just just, Jim Carrey could totally play him. Time is a billion because he's so obnoxious. He's shouting things. Oh, Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface, you hurt my plate. You dented my plate. Lick my plate, dog dick. (laughs) Oh, Leatherface, I got to go to the VA now. Like, he's like. Do you think that was ad-libbed? It has to be. Because it's so stupid. When you it's first so meet him, he's talking like a normal human being, like calm and creepy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just turns it up to a billion for no yeah. reason at all. Yeah, when he first is talking, he's like, oh, I heard you play something. I want you to play my favorite song. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, this is unsettling. Like, yeah. He's like, because she's like, why the fuck are you here? It's midnight. And he's like, oh, what? I've got a request. And he wants a tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then Leatherface comes, dents his play, and this dude just loses his fu- – proceeds to lose his mind for the rest of the movie. It's just nonstop screaming. Leatherface! <laughs> Bubba's got a girlfriend. Oh, oh yeah. Shut up. Dude, do not give Leatherface a name. Bubba. <laughs> Why? Why'd you have to do that? It was fine without a name. Yeah. But who is Chop Top? He's not in the first one. Nope. Unless the original idea was the hitchhiker who got run over because he has the plate, but but, but so, it must have scrapped it at the storyboard because he's a Vietnam vet. You see these movies where they're clearly like aiming to like we we got to get some action figures made and some merchandise, and that's what this feels like. But they were not going to be making action figures of this movie, so I don't know what these characters are here for, and Leatherface becoming. I mean, Frankenstein or uh, of Mice and Men, Lenny. (laughs) That's what he is, right? He's this brutal killer, but he just wants love. He just wants love, and he no, no. They does, yeah. He's fucking terrible. Uh, Yeah, and and so basically, this is where the story becomes really convoluted. They come in. Um, how does she even get away from? She gets away from the radio station. 
Oh, because the guy. Oh, because Leatherface lies. Oh, right. Leatherface tells. They're all dead. Yeah, 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 that's right. But then she ends up back at their house. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then so does Lefty. Lefty just shows up. Lefty's been looking for them. Well, Lefty is. She's at the house. And then Lefty is following her in his car, but I think she thinks there's somebody else because then she falls down that hole and Lefty, like, tries to save her. (laughs) It's the weirdest fucking thing. And it's the weirdest fucking thing. And again, these sets are just... Oh, and going back to Leatherface being an asshole in this one, he's using this chainsaw as a dick. Oh, yeah. Like, he's putting it towards his pelvis and shaking his hips, like, thrusting with yeah, a chainsaw. Yeah. Why is he doing that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, this, this movie just really... I mean, if you really like this movie, there's just a problem there. And when Lefty comes to, to spin- their house, he screams, bring it all down for at least 45 minutes. He's bringing nothing down. I already said that before. He's cutting beams that aren't supporting anything. He's in I'd, a fucking cave. I would honestly rather you they call this just a remake because it's not a sequel. And at least a remake, like you're doing it in your own vision. It's insane that Toby Hooper made this movie. I know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it besides that. What about the end? What about the final scene? Dude. Okay. Well, yeah. So they go into Leatherface's house. For whatever reason, like you said, Dennis Hopper is fucking cutting beams, which is super weird because he sees her there. She also gets captured <laughs> and is made to wear a dead skin mask also from Leatherface. All right. That scene wasn't terrible. No, that was actually the best scenes in the movie where, where when she's captured. Um, and she's made to – I think the mask is her. It's her friends. Yeah, it's her also friend's there. Yeah. And still talking without a face. <laughs> <laughs> and – but Dennis Hopper sees her and then proceeds to still cut the beams down and block her exit. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a twist. And Dennis Hopper is actually not trying to catch them. And Dennis Hopper is like part of the family. Part of the family. See, that would have been cool. Right. But instead, no. They just have a chainsaw duel. No. He shows up and they just fight. Like, well, first With of chainsaws. all, they just repeat the dinner scene. Yep. Yep. And Dennis Hopper... <laughs> This, this happens. He's, he just like gently pokes the cook in the butt with his chainsaw. It's like not enough to kill him, just enough to like hurt his butt. It was so weird. It was the weirdest thing of all time. And they literally have a sword fight with, with chainsaws, chainsaws, which is just painful to watch. And Leatherface is so big. Like, why would he not just, like, one swing would knock it out of Dennis Hopper's hands, you know? Just hit each other with it. <laughs> just fucking having a sword It's fight. so much harder to play swords <laughs> than just throw the fucking chainsaw at him. <sighs> or, like, swinging his leg or something. Like, yeah. Why they're aiming for each other's chainsaw. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, yeah. Uh... Then, so well, he finally brings it all down. I've been yelling for 40 minutes because <laughs> the cave collapses. The cave collapses. And Chop Top chases our heroine up to the top of the cave. Dude, this <laughs> is the craziest scene. Okay. Well, she kills Chop Top, but they're not in a top. They are at the top of a cave, 
But it's also a castle. <laughs> That's a castle that she's like standing. Oh, I know. Fucking like, is that the same set as Masters of the Universe? Wow, it might be because def- that was a canon film, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, what are they doing? Why is Leatherface in a castle? Like, in the de- it's the weirdest thing. And uh, she is there with her chainsaw, doing probably her best Leatherface imitation. Yeah, because Chop Chop falls down and she's yeah. swinging it around wildly, like Leatherface, does, just like Leatherface, except really badly. <laughs> it looks so bad. It's not even enjoyable to look at. It's so stupid. It is incredibly stupid. One last part, parting thought. Can we talk about the DVD cover? Or the poster? So good. Why are they posed like the Breakfast Club? Leatherface, is, as we said, is one of the most terrifying guys of all time. And he has... <laughs> like he's fucking Judd Nelson. And they're partying. And Grandpa's Ali Sheedy. It's the worst thing. <laughs> it's the worst thing. It's incredible. Like, I would like to have that poster, but that's like a poster like you see online like years after when it's developed this cult following and somebody just makes a funny poster. Yeah. With the characters. And you're like, that's fucking cool. Not the theatrical release poster. <laughs> you're supposed to be scaring people. You're supposed to be getting people to come in and see this. It's a fucking breakfast club. Oh my God. That's it, guys. So that's Toby Hooper of the 80s. Um, he is entering some very strange territory at this point and not to spoil anything, but um, things go downhill. Well, not quickly, but yeah, things are about to take a turn. What do you mean? Well, I guess, yeah, it's pretty quickly. Very quickly. Things are about to take a major, major turn though. Um, so next week's episodes, we are going, we are going to be diving into, the 90s we are entering the 90s for toby hooper we'll be talking about the mangler the film from 1995 um tales from the crypt episode dead weight which is season season three three, episode six six okay and freddy's nightmare the pilot season one episode one um we will not be talking about night terrors because we can't find it's literally it. impossible yeah. to find and we're not paying for it because apparently it's like one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> um, but check that stuff out, guys. Um, we're really excited to continue on with this. I think the next episode's going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Who am I kidding? It's going to be great. Um, but that's all we have. Um, check us out on facebook.com slash I hate horror. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, of course. We're on Stitcher. We're on this other service. Somebody just reminded me that we're on. I can't remember. But <laughs> if you search any podcast directory, we're pretty much there. So um, Stitcher, iTunes, rate, review. If you do, send us a message and we'll get you some stickers out. I sent a shitload of stickers out this week. So thanks for the reviews, guys. Yeah, it was really you. awesome. Uh, anything else? Yeah. Before we wrap up, oh, check out our Facebook page. Um, a fan of ours, David Vincent, did a write up on uh, his thoughts on our last episode and that initial Toby Hooper era, especially Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. And it is so fucking good. It's too long to read on the show, but it is amazing to read. So check out our Facebook page. It's awesome. People have been leaving awesome comments. So make sure you do that. Um, oh, Twitter.com. Uh, Twitter. I'm on, on Twitter at I Hate Horror Show. 
I'm at Jovi421. And our new email, don't send to the old email, is I hate horror show at gmail.com. That's it, guys. So for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Toby makes a huge splash in the 80s and enters the 90s in a much different way. On the next episode, we will be discussing Freddy's Nightmares, Season 1, Episode 1, Tales from the Crypt, Dead Weight, and the 1995 film, The Mangler.